98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a church in Taiwan says it's helping protesters who fled Hong Kong, some of whom were traumatised by their experiences. An economist predicts that the boycotting of businesses seen as pro-Beijing or pro-government may continue even after the current unrest dies down. And the Civil Human Rights Front calls on people to join a march on New Year's Day. A church in Taiwan says it's offered humanitarian assistance to some 200 protesters that have fled Hong Kong since July because of the anti-government protests. The Chinam Presbyterian Church in Taipei says many students have post-traumatic stress disorder. Damon Pang reports. Reverend Huang Chunsheng says the students who sought refuge at his church say they could still smell tear gas, even when they were in Taiwan and not the streets in Hong Kong. Some jumped off their beds in the middle of the night, saying they thought police were coming for them when they heard steps outside the door. The reference says doctors have been arranged to give them free counselling. He said those who went to Taipei were scared of getting prosecuted, even though most of them weren't. Their ages range from teens to older than 30. Some NGOs in Taiwan have also been organizing funds to help these protesters to give them around 18,000 new Taiwan dollars or around 4,500 Hong Kong of cash covering daily expenses and housing every month. The financial support would last for around 10 months to a year. Meanwhile, a Taiwanese volunteer legal team supporting the protesters has helped around 100 of them to deal with visa problems. Because some of the student protesters' visa could expire next month, the team expressed hope that the island's authorities could use their discretion to give the protesters leeway in a process of applying for right of abode. An academic says the boycotting of pro-China and pro-government businesses may continue, even if the current unrest ends. Since anti-government protests broke out in June, there's been a rise in the so-called yellow economy, where people support protester-friendly shops. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, has said he doesn't see how this practice can last. But Vera Yun, an assistant lecturer at the University of Hong Kong's Faculty of Economics, disagrees. Whether it is sustainable, it depends on people's preference, which means it's the political view. And people's political will, whether they're intense enough to stay, would depend on the government's action and how they react to you know, people's need and their voices. The Civil Human Rights Front is calling on the public to take part in a march on New Year's Day to protest against the government and the police. They accuse the government of spreading white terror in the education sector by threatening to fire teachers and principals who support the ongoing protest movement. Eric Lai, a vice convener of the front, said they would also be protesting against pay rises for police officers. We continue to show our opposition to Carrie Lam and the police, and the police force of their police brutality. This is very significant and we see the white terror as in particular on this education sector as well as the chilling effect on people's donation to Spark Alliance. Second, we want to keep our solidarity and commitment with all our protesters and all our brothers and sisters who are still detained or in custody. There are at least 79 protesters are in custody now and more than 6,000 protesters were arrested. 
Turning overseas, the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, has, war- has sorry announced a series of measures to tackle what he said was a crisis caused by a rise in anti-Semitism. Following an attack on Jews celebrating Hanukkah, Mr de Blasio told reporters the authorities had to act aggressively. He said new neighbourhood safety coalitions would be created and more security cameras installed. He also urged social media companies to do more to tackle hate speech. We need some new standards and norms in this society for how to deal with this. I've said it before, the social media companies try to stand apart and act like they have no culpability. That's just not true. They have to be part of the solution, too. And one of the things our Office to Prevent Hate Crimes will work on is how to move those companies, or shame them if we need to, into no longer being vessels for hate speech. The suspected attacker has appeared in court and denied five counts of attempted murder. Police in Texas have praised members of a church congregation who shot dead a gunman after he opened fire during a Sunday service. The attacker killed two people before being shot dead by a member of the church's security team. The minister of the church, Britt Farmer, said more people could have been killed. We lost two great men today, but it could have been a lot worse. And I'm thankful that our government has allowed us the opportunity to protect ourselves. We have a congregation here of open-hearted people. We help people. We're here to help people. And to have something like this happen destroys my heart. And when I say destroys, it destroys it because there is evil in this world. The United States has warned Iran it will retaliate if Tehran's actions put American lives at risk. Speaking in Washington, the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said President Trump had warned for some time that he wouldn't stand by if Iran's actions harmed American lives. He made the comments after U.S. forces carried out airstrikes against Iranian-backed paramilitaries in western Iraq and eastern Syria, killing at least 18 fighters. Mr Pompeo said the U.S. action followed weeks of attacks on Iraqi facilities. What we did was take a decisive response that makes clear what President Trump has said for uh, months and months and months, which is that we will not stand for the Islamic Republic of Iran to take actions that put American men and women in jeopardy. Uh, we, will, we will always honor that commitment to take decisive re- action when that takes place. The Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has welcomed back dozens of soldiers and civilians released by Russian-backed rebels in eastern Ukraine as part of an exchange of about 200 prisoners. Among those freed were five former riot policemen accused of shooting at pro-democracy demonstrators in Kiev in 2014. President Zelensky told reporters this had been a condition of the exchange. I think it was a difficult decision, a political decision, that's true. And I believe that our fighters, our military, our journalists, they're all heroes. And I'm sure that for us the priority is to return our people. I respect the parents and relatives who lost loved ones in Maidan Square. Unfortunately, we cannot bring back those who are no longer with us. Unfortunately, we can't bring them back, but we could bring back the living. There were hugs and tears at Kiev airport as the captives returned to their families, including this man. I'm feeling good because I'm free. I'm a free person and finally I can walk freely and no one will stop me and no dog will bark at me. No one will tell me to stand up and put my arms behind me. I'm grateful to everyone. I'm grateful to the presidents who agreed and freed us. But there are still a lot of guys jailed there, and we need to help them. The Russian intelligence agency says a tip-off from the U.S. has helped foil what it called New Year terror attacks in St. Petersburg. 
President Putin has thanked Donald Trump for passing on intelligence, which led to the arrest of two Russians alleged to be planning to attack large crowds of people. Parts of Australia are facing another testing day as bushfires intensify. Officials are warning of extreme danger caused by temperatures of 40 degrees Celsius or above, combined with thunderstorms and changing wind directions. In the state of Victoria, many people have ignored warnings to leave a popular tourist area near Melbourne. Here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil. Victoria's Emergencies Chief Andrew Crisp said those in the East Gippsland area on the state's east coast should leave by Monday morning at the latest. Officials have warned that any lightning strikes in drought-affected forests have the potential to quickly become fires, posing a danger on lives and homes. An estimated 30,000 people are currently holidaying in the threatened area. A major music festival in the state has also been cancelled. Temperatures are also expected to pass 40 degrees in other bushfire-affected states, including New South Wales. North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un has stressed the need for what he called positive and offensive measures to ensure his country's sovereignty and security. State media reported his comments at a meeting of top officials of the ruling Workers' Party. Pyongyang has set a deadline at the end of the year for the United States to take a more flexible approach to stall talks on denuclearization. UN Security Council members are to meet informally to discuss a proposal by Russia and China to lift some, some of the sanctions on North Korea. Ghana says it wants to join other West African countries in adopting a new euro-pegged currency, ECHO. This comes a week after eight countries announced plans to stop using the CFA franc, which was introduced by France in 1945. Here's the BBC's Will Ross. If Ghana ditches its own currency, the CD, and joins the eight other African countries that recently chose to adopt the ECHO, it would become the bloc's largest economy, just ahead of Ivory Coast. A statement from Ghana's presidency says it wants to make the move as soon as possible in order to reduce trade barriers, boost economic activity and improve living standards. All 15 members of the economic community of West African states, with a combined population of close to 400 million, have agreed to work towards monetary union. Some fear the the economic giant Nigeria could dominate such a zone. And there are also analysts who suggest improving infrastructure within member states is a far bigger priority. El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, has said the country has gone 24 hours without any murders. It's an unusual occurrence in a nation with one of the world's highest murder rates. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. El Salvador has enjoyed only about a dozen murder-free days this century. Half of them have taken place since Mr. Bukele took office in June. Previous governments had negotiated truces with the criminal gangs Omaras, responsible for most of the violence. But Mr. Bukele refused to talk to them. Instead, he has come up with a new security plan. The military and extra police have been deployed in the areas of El Salvador with the highest homicide rates. His policies have so far paid off. Marine biologists in Japan say attaching monitoring devices to sea turtles has helped them better predict changes in sea temperatures. Five turtles released in Indonesia migrated to the Arafura Sea between northern Australia and New Guinea. From the data collected, an increase in temperature of 0.4 Celsius was predicted in the following three months, a figure almost identical to the actual temperature change. To finance news now, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,371. That's 156 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $38 billion. 
To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.16 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 21 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. We start with NFL football. The San Francisco 49ers have clinched the number one seed in the NFC after holding off the Seahawks in Seattle on the final day of the regular season. The Niners went on to win 26-21 to improve their record to 13 wins and 3 losses, matching the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. The Niners took the top seed in their conference by virtue of a tiebreak. The Packers are second and along with the Niners will enjoy a first round bye. The Saints, by finishing third, will play in the wildcard round against the Minnesota Vikings this coming weekend. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the New York Giants 34-17 to clinch the NFC East division. The Eagles will host the Seahawks in the wildcard round. In the AFC, the Tennessee Titans squeezed into the playoffs by beating the Houston Texans 35-14. The Titans will face the New England Patriots. The Texans will play the Buffalo Bills, while the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs get first-round buys. Now to football in the English Premier League where Liverpool have won again to restore their 13-point advantage at the top of the table. One goal was enough against Wolves. Van Dijk, long high ball through the middle, takes a deflection, Mane is there! Samuel Mane! Mane's goal came three minutes before halftime. It was allowed to stand after a video review determined there was no handball. Liverpool beat Wolves 1-0 at Anfield. Manchester City are back to winning ways. They beat Sheffield United 2-0 at home with goals from Sergio Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne. Chelsea used a late comeback to stun Arsenal at the Emirates. Two late goals, one each from Jorginho and Tammy Abraham, secured a 2-1 comeback win for Chelsea. Their boss Frank Lampard says a change in mentality was the key to that turnaround. We were so awful for 30 minutes. We were slow, we were lethargic, we were nervous. Can't come to the Emirates and expect you're going to get anything if you play like that. So players were told that and they delivered. It was defeat for Mikel Arteta in his first home game in charge of Arsenal. He said his team failed to take advantage when they had chances to put the game away. I think we created a great connection with the fans as well. They believed really what we were trying to do. And we had even more chances to, to put more margin into the game. And then as the game went on, when they changed the formation a little bit, I think physically we suffered. At the moment, I don't think we are at the same level as, as Chelsea are. And we started to defend a little bit deeper. One more note from the Premier League. West Ham United have confirmed that David Moyes is back with the club for a second spell as their manager. Moyes will take charge of West Ham's next game, which is at home to Bournemouth on New Year's Day. Uh, Moise's team is just one point above the relegation zone. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. With music, news and information, this is Radio 3. When you were a kid in school and you did something wrong, you might have asked for another chance from your teacher. And at work, the same thing from your boss. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone needs a second chance. This is especially important for the rehabilitation of offenders. Give them another chance and let them contribute to society. 
Give rehabilitated offenders a chance. On the internet, anyone can publish anything. Even if it seems true, doesn't mean it is true. Even if someone is popular, doesn't mean you should believe what they say. So, take a look from different angles. Check the facts before jumping to conclusions. Try not to let emotions sway your judgment. When fake news goes viral, it can have severe repercussions. So, check the facts to keep fake news in check. Tradition of love and hate Stand by the fireside Another rain may fall Your father's calling you You still feel safe inside Only your mom's too proud Your brother's ignoring you You still feel safe inside Oh, was it solo? Was it yesterday? Was it true for you? Cause while all the rest have taken time Smiles, children play, and all the bad things happen miles away. And strong feelings never bother you. You hold your head up while the rest of us try to oh, call the stations, call the people. We all want to know. Cause while all the rest are taking time, you don't want to know. There's a good tradition of love and hate Stand by the fireside, another rain may fall Your father's calling you, you still feel safe inside And your mom's too proud Your brother's ignoring you, you still feel safe inside Oh, was this summer, was this yesterday, was this true for you? Cause of all the choices you have made, this didn't do afternoon and welcome to the 123 show i'm sadia osmani i am back yes i am i flew to kuala lumpur for three days during the christmas break which was lovely very nice very humid though anyway my thanks to james ross for the morning brew 
And on the show today, now I'm in a bit of a dance and party mode with the new year just around the corner. And I thought, well, you know, might as well just look into this whole dance thing. And my guests in the studio just after 1.30 will be Mae Jantilia and Rob Rushton from the Oasis Dance Centre. And they're going to be here to give us their top tips on how to move with the rhythm. 